not our first rodeo. Apparently <laughs> yeah, yeah. not, no. Guys, welcome to another episode of Always Making. We have with us today Squee Prince. We've met them just this past year at the SLC Punk Flea Market. Mm-hmm. Um, and great to have you guys on with us. You guys are 3D like printing specialists and that's kind of your like specialty of what you guys are selling but like the big thing you guys are really good uh, or i guess selling is horror related uh and like yes. spooky related 3d prints but i don't want to tell you guys a story uh tell us how it all got started for you guys yeah i mean well we are halloween year round type of people we love horror we love all of the our entire house is kind of 365 Halloween. We don't take down our decorations. <laughs> um, Love it. So it, it's always been something that we've really loved, and 3D printing is kind of new to us, too. You say specialty or experts. I don't know if that's... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're only seven months into this, about. <laughs> yeah. So what, what decided to get you guys that like 3D printing aspect of the horror theme that you guys are all going for? Well, I, I think it kind of started with, uh, towards the end of last year, poking around online, uh, saw a Patreon uh, Hex 3D, and he had some really good um, mashup stuff that was pretty cool with, uh, like, Baby Yoda mashed up with, you know, Pinhead and with Jason and all the horror characters. And I was going, you know, that's pretty cool looking. I'd like to make one of those. So, you know, I talked to Chelsea and I said, let's uh, get a 3D printer. She said, absolutely not. <laughs> And she said, how much is it? I said, it's 800 bucks. She said, no. (laughs) So when she wasn't looking, I bought it. I think I did the same thing when I bought mine. I was like, but I mean, Christy didn't straight out tell me no, but I think it was like, oh, hey, it was on sale. And it just happened to like, I accidentally clicked the buy now button. I mean, you find good deals, number one. And number two, you're always going to buy your own toys no matter what it is. So I have given up long ago. Like, it's, you know. Yeah, I'll be yeah. there eventually. I'll yeah. be there eventually. Yeah, yeah she, she's coming around. She's yeah. coming around. So that's kind of how it started. We bought a printer, uh, played around with it, hated it, uh, couldn't get it to work, couldn't get things to stick. I won't mention the brand name, but... Uh, we ended up uh, getting a, a bamboo printer. Um, they came out of their Kickstarter around the same time as this other company. So they were double the money for that. So uh, okay. <laughs> we bought that one and you know had them both sitting there side by side. And the bamboo printer, we sent a file over to it and it just worked. It was like magic. So I looked at the other printer and we we're still within our three-week window. Sent that one back and it was just kind of one of those things that you know, we started printing a couple of things, getting the hang of it, finding more Patreons, and just kind of crap for us, for friends. Um, and then Chelsea leaned over, and she's like, you know, we should probably start a an Etsy shop. I think people might buy this stuff, because everyone has dragons, and we don't. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was like, no one really has the horror stuff that we're printing. Hmm. And the, and most of the reason why we, we were printing it ourselves is we couldn't go out and buy it. It didn't mm-hmm. exist somewhere. So, and we were finding all of these really awesome creators on Patreon that were, you know, making the spooky stuff. And we're like, why aren't people printing this? So it was... Um, yeah, it, it's just kind of one thing led to another, and this is where we are now. <laughs> like, yeah. But 
Yeah, now we have three of them. <laughs> <laughs> we we met at the Father's Day show for the SLC Punk. Um, you guys started in February of this past year, so that'd be February 2023, right? And that's when you guys started your Etsy store? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and you guys take a very interesting, like direction with what you guys do and i know you have a couple of your original designs that you guys work on and make your own personal stuff that you design the 3d but i think it's a really cool aspect to take that you say you guys found patreons and like kickstarters and other like things supporting artists that give you guys the commercial right to use those designs and prints and go from it and Mm -hmm. you found a, a, a niche that people weren't filling um you said it with the 3d printer you kind of just printed stuff that wasn't there that's one of the cool things about 3D printing. Sometimes like, oh, I need an adapter for a camera thing that I'm doing. And it's like, oh, there, I can't find a file. I use Thingiverse all the time for like yes. ease of use. Mm-hmm. I'm not a good 3D modeler by any means. I've learned a little bit, but I'm still very like rudimentary with it. Yeah. But it's yeah. so cool to like just take something that you're like, there's nothing on this plate. And all of a sudden, six hours later, maybe there's something that you wanted. And that's a really cool function. How did you guys make the decision to like go from Etsy to then, hey, we're going to go in person and start doing shows? Oh, so that's that's interesting. Um, we have we've always gone to craft shows, to craft fairs. We loved like, you know, the local artist community. And we met, I want to say in like. 2015 or something jenny fufu okay i'm unfamiliar she has done (laughs) there's the name um so she like upcycles and does really awesome like how would you describe it like morbid amazing curiosities yeah she has a kind of a horror theme herself and and uh you know she does things with garbage bell kids with teddy bears and makes you know baby faces on them and just you know really really awesome artwork that she does yeah like we we've commissioned pieces from her like in years past and always kind of stayed connected or followed her on instagram and facebook um but she actually like we had started our etsy stuff and i was I started the Squee Prince Instagram and I'm like okay I have two followers she's one of them (laughs) Um, so she reached out and she was like what you guys are doing is really awesome and I'm super proud of you and I was like oh my gosh you know fangirling here Um, and she was like we need to get you out there and that was when I'm like I I don't really know like it takes us forever to print stuff where you know just we've made our first sale on Etsy um and she actually came over to the house and we showed her the printers we showed her some of the stuff that we were doing and some Um, of the stuff that we can do yeah some of the stuff that we can do is have a little bit of adhd and way too many (laughs) possibilities um but yeah so she was very encouraging and she's like you know this is kind of what you need and you've got all of this stuff here she's like that's an entire table like things that you've printed yourself if you are willing to part with it she's like that's a whole table that you guys can sell stuff and people would be into it so she was very encouraging yeah she she really did take us under her wing and, and push mm-hmm. us to you know get a booth start doing the shows because she's like you know everybody has dragons that few 3d printers are out there it's it's you know a variety of dragons and and as I said before, we're we're not about that. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, chest bursters and Beetlejuices and other things that are 
more interesting than than dragons. That's but, as close as we get to dragons or yeah. articulated chest bursters. So, <laughs> yeah. so it was really because of Jenny is why we started to do live shows, mm-hmm. and she got us uh, at Oliver. Yeah, the was they, our very first one. They did. I think it was even maybe their first market that they did. They kind of flipped their parking lot and opened it up to some local makers, and that was our very first show. But she's like, you're going to need a tent, you'll need tables, you'll need this. You'll, you know, She gave us the whole laundry list, and it's like, okay, uh, <laughs> let's go shopping. <laughs> so it was a little bit of an investment up front, but that was our first show. And then the Father's Day was actually our second show at punk rock flea market yeah because she also introduced us to darcy and erica that does the bewitched Mm -hmm. the bleached and bewitched shows too like Mm -hmm. she's also a local maker and what else would you say performer performer Mm -hmm. yes like she does really incredible events and stuff too so we've we kind of got some recent introductions and to the community and we're, we're still like you know dabbling in it we've tried out some we were at brighton with you guys the last few mm-hmm. weeks and that was an interesting experience so like we're still testing the waters and yeah. figuring yeah. things out trial and error yes. a little bit yeah but there's a lot of that so we're learning this is <laughs> yeah with like all of for us as well we are learning. We're trying new shows mm-hmm. out this year for us. And like this is now our second year doing shows. So we're still kind of in the infancy stage of it and learning mm-hmm. the what's kind of working, what doesn't work, what we like about our setups. I know talking with you guys, you, so, some of your stuff requires lighting uh, to see its full potential. Mm-hmm. And so like yes. outdoor shows sometimes might be a little bit complicated, a little like logistics are needed to be run through. But it's still, I think, learning that process and going through all those things. What are some of those potential like pitfalls? Maybe you can teach other people, maybe listening uh, or watching the uh, episode, what you guys might have ran into and like how to maybe avoid those things for doing shows. <laughs> I'd say probably don't go over budget on stuff um, if you don't have the funds to go out and buy the latest and greatest in the top tier you don't need it to start out with mm-hmm. start out with mm-hmm. with uh, affordable um used stuff same thing with like tables because you throw a, a sheet over it or your tablecloth and you know it's it's good to go mm-hmm. work your way up to, to things is kind of my best advice and stay within your budget so if things don't go well then you're not totally out yeah, one of the tough things about doing art shows and for a lot of artists is the fear of no one buying anything mm-hmm. and and oh, no yeah. one liking what you're doing. And that is a great tip of like, hey, there's a lot of options out there. You don't have to go with the latest, greatest, newest, shiniest things. A lot of times it's the simplest things can work. And then I also would say don't get discouraged by that first show. That first show mm-hmm. might not be the right crowd. And I think you guys are doing pretty well of finding the right shows for your kind of niche that you guys mm-hmm. are doing with the horror 3D prints. But have you guys seen at like some of the shows you've gone to the a reaction that maybe you weren't expecting to at those shows? Um, I would say that it's it was a little bit hard, you know, when Jenny was, was twisting her arm to do live shows that I didn't really think that we'd belong um, since I wouldn't really consider ourselves artists, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you guys and so many other people, you make stuff from nothing. You know, we click print. 
I mean, to be but fair, that is it's, making it's something slow. from nothing. It, it yeah. is still a process because I, I, will, I will argue with you to the point of because you guys went through the three D printing process first, and it wasn't for you right off the bat. You guys took the time, put the effort in, trying to dial it in. You guys invested into that, and a lot of artists, it's the same thing. And whether you claim artist or maker or creator, it, mm-hmm. it, I. I, I I will argue that you guys are just as much of a maker out there at these shows than the booth next to you kind of thing. Because there is something unique about what you guys are doing. There's a market for what you guys are doing, and it's not there. And you guys found that void and are Mm -hmm. filling it. So I think that's a really cool thing that you guys are offering. And it's still very much a process. Like, you guys are still experimenting with different... I imagine di- different types of filament, different colorways, you know, you're still yeah. putting your own touch on yeah, what and you're that, making. Yeah, and that was something on the way here was kind of talking to him about, him about. It's like we experiment with colors, how we paint a model. Most of the time we get, you know, a print file and it's just this gray, gray. <laughs> random, you know, yeah. you, you see the shape, you kind of get what it's going to look like when it comes out. But he has really, like, gained honed in his skill of painting these models on a computer he's using a mouse he doesn't have an ipad or you know any sort of i don't even know what they call them a stylist, <laughs> a stylist. like he's, the tablet like yeah drawn, like he's things. using keyboard his mouse. yeah he's using his keyboard and mouse to paint these models and and then we we go in the the print room dig through our bins and, you know, kind of throw some different filament options off of each other. And it's it's really fun to kind of see a new model that we've picked out colors and he's painted himself, like in the software, <laughs> um, come out. Like we just printed Cthulhu. He's in a bunch of pieces and we have to assemble. But the way that he incorporated the glow in the dark and we're using a multicolor filament it's really cool. Like he's still in pieces, but he has so much potential. <laughs> yeah, you guys uh, handed me one at the last show. Mm-hmm. I have your Han Solo up here on yeah, the wide uh, shot. Right and oh, it's nice. close in the dark, yeah. and I was like, "That's so cool!" Like in person, you don't really see it as much, but then I brought mm-hmm. home, and I'm like, "UV light in the dark." I'm like, "This is so cool!" <laughs> and so that's a fun thing. And again, that's creativity. That's an art like mindset mm-hmm. going into it. And like I said, I will argue most people to my death that they are artists in their own right kind <laughs> yeah. of thing um because I'm, I'm a wholehearted believer that everybody has a creative side and has some type of art form that they can offer out to the community and i think that's really cool but and clearly you guys have found your niche like you said you are making these things because you didn't see it anywhere so now you're the creators now other people get yeah. to buy it from you for making yeah. cool stuff yeah yeah. <laughs> By supporting the artists who actually design it. <laughs> that's a, that's another. But that's even better. Level in the community. We were talking with Alejandra from um, uh, Grave, uh, Graveyard Witch. Uh, Graveyard Witch, sorry. <laughs> um, and she was talking about like, hey, it doesn't matter if like they don't sell like our I don't they don't buy from me they buy from someone else in the, com- the community because it's mm-hmm. building that community up mm-hmm. it's you're no you're doing no different by supporting these other 3d artists as well and then supporting and you're bringing attention to what they're doing as well mm-hmm. and so we've had a conversation with some of our like other t-shirt designers and stuff it's you're wearing somebody's t-shirt that per- you didn't design the t-shirt you're just wearing it and but you're out in public and like hey that's a really cool t-shirt that continues that conversation for the artist you guys are doing in a in a completely different vein it's the same exact thing um oh. one of the things you guys hit on is working together 
picking out colors, mm-hmm. going through the mm-hmm. motions. Me and Christy have been, we're going to begin going on 20 years of going through this process. Almost. We uh, started <laughs> with a, a broadcast class, and she was technically my In boss. high school. Uh, <laughs> I was the producer. And, um, <laughs> But we've worked together in a creative field for a multitude of times. Times where, like, I need her on set to help me with certain productions, or we're Mm -hmm. making costumes together, different stuff. And how do you guys go about working that creativity with each other? And is there headbutting sometimes? Is there a little (laughs) bit of that, like, hey, no, let's try this? (laughs) Or is it pretty smooth and copacetic? Go for it. I want, I want your take on this. No, no. First. Um, there have been some headbutting, maybe like the types of models we pick out to print. Like there are some some models that I'm like, this this is so cute, and he's like, that's the problem. Like it's too cute. You know, it's not creepy enough or scary enough. So we've had some headbutting on that um recently um i've been trying to to kind of cut down on costs and stuff and with the way that 3d printing and we do multicolor prints like you have purge or waste when it changes colors like there have been some models that i'm like okay i'm gonna try hand painting this i'm gonna get out a paintbrush and some paint maybe not you know save the 100 color changes to get (laughs) these little dots but we printed these pumpkins and i was like okay i'll i'll just dot some eyes like we'll make them glow in the dark and i'll just put the pupils on and i made them traumatized <laughs> like they look like they have seen some shit that they cannot unsee <laughs> and he was just like we're gonna have to print more pumpkins and i'm like maybe you sh- maybe we just go for the color changes <laughs> like it's- so there have been some models that I'm like, I probably ruined that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty much for the most part as, as, as new models come in off the Patreon. And if it's something that, you know, grabs our attention, then, you know, I'll pull it in the, the slicer software and I'll, you know, pull out our card index and, you know, I'll lay some colors out and go, what do you think about this? And she'll take two or three of them and go, let's try these ones instead. So, I mean, we don't really have... I'd say major headbutting about anything, but we both just kind of have different takes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes her ideas are better, and sometimes mine are. But in the end, I mean, we can print one of each, and you know, let the dollar decide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, which one sells at the table? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys, with your own personal designs that you guys do, you do these really cool three D. Like what? Uh, what? How would you describe them? They're 3D pictures, 3D like posters, like the 3D paintings. 3D paintings is okay. So that's the way to uh, explain them best. 3D painting, and so we have uh, Bride of Frankenstein here mm-hmm. on the table, mm-hmm. um, and this is something you guys actually create, design, and do the digital like work on it to come to this point. And then the other thing you guys do—that's your own personal thing—is the litho paints thank you i was like i'm not you're gonna tell me what that is very um, weird word it's it's very hard to see it right now on camera for the guys that are watching this and not Mm -hmm. listening to it there is actually multiple layers of color to actually create the movie posters or are there scenes for movies or is all strictly movie posters Uh, they're all movie posters movie posters Mm -hmm. and so um they're very cool if you guys are out at a show that these guys are at go check out their booth check out what they're doing they have a really good display and you can see all the details. One of the fun things is like when you are at an outdoor show, you just hold it up to the sun and mm-hmm. kind of see right through. And it, it, the way they pop is really cool. 
what was your guys' thought process in coming up with these? Well, with the litho paintings, uh, it was actually at the very first show that we did. I was uh, going through looking at booths, and someone, I don't remember who, had movie poster keychains. It was it was actually Graveyard Witch. Yeah, oh, it was? <laughs> yeah. she oh. had she had keychains, or maybe they were buttons or pens. But yeah. yeah, but they're like movie posters, and I was kind of looking at that, going, "That's pretty cool." And it's like I wonder if I could do something with that with three D printing. Um, you know, litho paints have been around forever, mm-hmm. but they've always mm-hmm. just kind of been shades of white or ivory. I think yeah. is how they started. So right, it's usually like porcelain, right? Yeah, or yeah, something yeah. Along yeah. Those lines. And it's they usually pictures of Jesus. Yeah, also yes, religious. We do live in Utah. <laughs> well, like, that's typically how it was. So then it's like, okay, how do we get this to be? A pure white, but then when backlit is full color. Mm-hmm. And after digging around, we found a, a website that, you know, gives us great instructions. And you upload it, convert it, print it. How awesome. long does it take to print one of those? Uh, we print them in batches of five. Uh, it takes anywhere from 10 to 13 hours per plate. I was going to say, like, wow. 10, 13 minutes. That's real quick. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we just started, like, a three-hour, or sorry, a three-day print right before we left. Yeah. That's uh, a lot of time on the printer. How do you guys kind of, I guess, figure out what needs to get printed? Because last time we talked, I think you said you're up to three printers now. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So yes. um, you guys have a multitude of different things to print. Is it is it the dollar that's deciding what gets printed first? Or is it, oh, we're just going to go this inventory? And do you have like a routine yet of how you kind of like continuously just print through the week? I'd say we're we're getting there. We're we're still learning. Um, we we're still only seven months into our Etsy shop, but our um, <laughs> our you know we're getting a bunch of sales. I think we're averaging about fifty sales a week now. Wow, that's awesome! Which is kind of insane. Like out, you know, we'll watch videos, do Etsy research, and we're like, this seems abnormal but we're there for it um and it's it is kind of we're trying to keep up with the orders we'll try to keep up with inventory so we're trying to figure out a system and also doing shows it's like okay we really want to print this for the table but now we we have to take this off the table and you know someone just bought it so it's it's a little it's a little hard to keep up which is why tomorrow we have furniture deliveries to reorganize the print room and make room for printer number four yep (laughs) is that already delivered or is it getting shipped yet well the the rack (laughs) is going to be delivered tomorrow Mm -hmm. and then once we reorganize our craft room then then the buy buttons get hit for printer four yes yes but i guess in short to answer your question would be uh etsy orders are things that we give top priority to Mm -hmm. so i try to leave a printer open for that uh when we're going to do shows two printers typically get dedicated that to that for stock because we don't have a lot of inventory on stuff because it gets turned so quickly mm-hmm. so a lot of things that we do are close to print on demand very cool okay yeah. so, um outside of like our little uh, what do we call them tiny terrors mm-hmm. those we, we print like probably 12 at a time because it takes two or three days to print a plate yeah and those are multiple colors. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter is the one that we just started as before we walked out the door to come here. <laughs> so in three days, we'll hopefully it works. Three days, yes. 
We've had our share of what we call cursed prints. It's like mm. we we've tried so many plates, like we'll have adhesion issues or we'll finally get it to stick and halfway through we'll get air printing or one will get knocked off the plate and we'll have a spaghetti monster. So there have been some things that we're just like, all right, we can't do that one. <laughs> like, yeah, I've come home like, a couple times and the up? spaghetti monster on the printer, I'm like, oh, damn it. Like, yeah, and then you're like, okay, I guess we're starting over again. <laughs> I'm surprised you have your filament out. I So I'm not as like crazy hardcore with the 3D printing, so I just kind of like... Eh, and like it's not it's not a tool I use every day it's one of those tools that it's like okay let me try this thing out and then uh, like right now the bed is unbalanced and I haven't used it in a couple weeks and the resin printer sometimes gets like the resin left in the vat for a couple weeks and I go oh I gotta clean that out and so I it's a cool tool to have in our arsenal but it's not one of it's not our like go-to like creative like Mm -hmm. thing for us to use for our business side of things it's more of like a helping tool for some of the other stuff. But like what's really cool and I think I've, I've loved the 3D printer the most for and I think I've got the most return on it for is when we do leather work, we actually, I'll design, I could design in two dimension in like Adobe Illustrator. Then I can take that into, I use Tinkercad because uh, it's free and mm-hmm. it's simple mm-hmm. for my brain to work. Like I, I failed my, well, I didn't fail my 3D class in college. I just did not do very well in my 3D <laughs> class in college. You right. add a Z axis, it really gets screwy for me. I don't yeah, know yeah. why. Oh yeah, it's so weird in three dimensions. <laughs> yeah, and so I can take my 2D drawings and graphics and stuff and then I can increase their Z axis so it gives enough of a stamp uh, for us and so I've messed around but there's been plenty of times I've like tried to make a stamp and like nodes are in the wrong spot or things are filled differently and I print it and I go that's not going to work for a stamp and then you also have to think Mm -hmm. in a reverse method as well for the stamps because it's embossing or on the leather and it's pressing and reversing the letters and sometimes it gets a little complicated yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) it never really answered your question about you know the the surprise yeah. of things that we weren't expecting. And, and that was kind of the thing in our very first show when people were coming up and looking at the stuff that we were doing um, and their reaction of, hey, this is really neat. I've never seen this before. Wow, that's really neat. I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. And it's that type of reaction that was, you know, kind of going, wow, I, I guess maybe we could do this. And Jenny had her booth next to us, and, you know, she was just over there with a big grin on her face as proud as she could be. <laughs> She's like, I told you so. Yeah. yeah. So, so because of her, you know, that uh, it all, you know, was kind of coming out. But that was kind of the biggest shock. And even still, all the shows that we've done, I think we've only done four or five something like that but it just people like hey that's neat i've never seen that before or you know they see these things and it's like you know and they pick them up and go wow how did you do that not a picture of jesus i've never (laughs) great i I can't wrap my head around how how that was made yeah it it is so like while we quickly took the dog outside guys uh we were talking off camera um about kind of artist imposter syndrome and that's kind of where you're coming back into this conversation here your first booth experience realizing there's a need for these pieces out there there's a want you're just as creditable as an artist as the guy next to you who might be using a uh, traditional media and stuff this is a different time and place that we are mm-hmm. 3d printing is an art form and it's mm-hmm. and it's right 
as an artist that's felt similar things because, hey, I'm not using traditional media. I'm, I'm printing. I'm screen printing where I can do mass amounts of uh, t-shirts. I mean, I'm doing like 30 at a time. That's a lot of t-shirts. Yes. But it's like I'm, I'm not I, – I can do 30 t-shirts in an hour where a person might paint a tree in his big giant like canvas in like six hours. And it's like it doesn't discredit – the artists that they you are or they are in the sense it's just a different art form and everybody art is subjective right and so somebody who likes the horror stuff might not like the cutesy bunnies on something else and somebody who <laughs> likes the cutesy bunnies don't like horror stuff. and that's okay because there's plenty of room in this community for all of that different art to really thrive and, and grow but how you kind of explained it with the booth and your experience and having the people kind of go, oh, I haven't seen that before, but have you guys gotten a little bit more comfortable being in that environment now and being at, like, art shows and farmer's markets with other artists and kind of coming to the realization of, like, hey, we're just doing the same thing? Yeah, I I mean, we're, we're still, I feel like, testing the waters with different markets and different uh, clientele, I guess, um, and... And making introductions with other makers because like we met you guys at a, a market <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's been super awesome to get to know you guys and pick your brains but um yeah so it it's really interesting like we're still we're still new we're still kind of dipping our toes in the water getting to know things but it it is getting easier i think it's hard work yes. it's exhausting hard work but it is it's been fun it's been a a learning experience i don't know (laughs) when this episode's coming out it'll be the beginning of october we're recording just a couple weeks ahead of that um this is spooky season i mean i guess spooky season starts like i know halloween is year round for you guys but for most people it's officially spooky season so have you guys kind of seen a ramp up of that like spooky season like decor and stuff and like kind of come coming around or like has it kind of been a nice steady flow since you guys started with all of it well, it's kind of the thing is we we started in February, I believe. Yeah, I um, so. And it wasn't until ass end of March to where we got our first sell. Oh. And it's just been kind of a slow, steady, upward trend since then. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably won't really have a good answer to that until year two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll we will have you back on on year two, and we'll yeah. ask a question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and year two will know. <laughs> but for right now, everything seems to be going. You know, fairly well in Etsy. Um, we've had fairly good shows, except for our last one, which I guess I'll blame the Utah State Fair and the Oddity Show. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the Oddity Show was in town. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Have you guys attended that one yet? We have not. No. We no, have we, we tried to, like, sign up to, like, potentially be, like, a booth there, mm-hmm. and then it was, like, sold out in, like, minutes, supposedly because i like well, not saw, even like sold out but like just to apply like the they closed applications within yeah. hours it yeah. was oh like my gosh. oh guess we missed that one because yeah. <laughs> it's getting that big and, and popular i think i think they it's extended it to two days this year because uh, last year it was did. like one day and i think they said oh utah really likes this stuff let's go two days <laughs> wow. um yeah. like see i follow them on social media i love all the stuff they do a lot mm-hmm. of the like weird random kind of like stuff i draw tends to kind of I like that kind of side of things, and so it's really cool. Uh, I think your guys' stuff would fit in there 
perfectly with that kind of audience. But yeah, but this weekend was weird uh, this past weekend because we yeah. did a show this past weekend yeah. mm-hmm. uh, with you guys as well. So like even for both shows, I don't know if there was like the fatigue of the market season kind of coming to an end, fall starting. So like people Other were out. Other things going summer. on. Like mm-hmm. there was yeah. a lot of events happening this weekend as well. I don't know if everyone waited to like not go out over Labor Day weekend and go the following weekend after kind of thing. Yeah. But um But we're very much still learning, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and same so thing. You just never know and then you sometimes you get some great shows, sometimes they, they miss. But what are some of the future plans mm-hmm. uh for Squee Prince? How like I fourth one's coming. Is there <laughs> yes. more coming down the line from after that one? Printers wise. Um, <laughs> well the the rocks that we're getting will allow us up to nine Mm-hmm. printers we're completely taking an entire wall um and going up <laughs> so um we'll, we'll we're giving us you know giving ourselves some room to grow and yeah so i don't know i mean it's it's just kind of been incremental like when we first started when i said absolutely not on the 3d <laughs> printer i i never imagined that we would be here like looking yeah, talking to, to you <laughs> yeah look here talking to you and and also with 3d like three 3d printers like that's ins- it's kind of crazy so you guys are but. still working your day jobs mm-hmm. is there thoughts of hey this might take over that day job or is that like is this still just a side hustle which okay either way I, that we have people who really do love their regular work and this is a side thing for them and that's a great way to uh, supplement income mm-hmm. is that something that the discussion like potentially could lead to i'm not sure if it if it really would um with her nine to five she has a, a really great company that she works for mm-hmm. and they take really good care of her and it also kind of um fits i don't know if you want to say who they are um but, no, it's a local crafting company, paper crafts, um, card making. And we do use some of their products with um, some of our signage and stuff. So yeah. it's it's really... It's got its benefits. Yeah. It does. It yeah. does have its benefits. Yeah. So, I mean, with that and then with my 9 to 5, um, I mostly work from home. Um, so I have, uh, you know really great people that I work with, really great boss. So being working from home as I can, you know, do that. But then if I need to like go load up filament on another printer and take five minutes, I can do that. So I, I don't see any immediate plans to leave, you know, mm-hmm. uh, our nine mm-hmm. to five to, you know, supplement that. Cause with Etsy, it's kind of a wild beast cause it's a lot of automation in Etsy. So stores, you hear horror stories, get shut down for no reason whatsoever you try to get a hold of somebody and you're just getting automated replies yeah and so you never know if that might happen to you so i think it would be a really bad idea to put all of your eggs into that basket until Mm -hmm. you know if and when we ever get to a point where we no longer need etsy we have our own website then that discussion might come into um, more serious talks because mm-hmm. then you control it. Yeah, being at the mercy of Etsy, I, I think it's too risky. It it is definitely we've had our fair share of cease and desist on some of the stuff we've done <laughs> yeah. for no reason. We make our stuff by hand. We create it all ourselves. It's yeah. it's themed after other like uh, properties and everything, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's our own 
take on it. Yeah. But like you still, it's like, oh, well, it's season. Okay, I guess I don't want right. to go any further and figure. Like, I mean, like a random one was I had used the word Velcro in a listing, which I fully understand now. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes oh. sense. It's a brand name, but I it never occurred to me that like I have to use the generic term. And I, I to this day, <laughs> I constantly get messages just like, what's hook and loop? What do you mean by that? And I'm like. I can't use the word Velcro, but that's what it is. Like, like we all know like, it. Everybody yeah. knows it is Velcro. Everyone but like, reaches for a Kleenex, not a tissue. Yeah, you know? yeah. 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 yeah, not a facial tissue. But I know. I just learned like that. a couple of weeks ago that the word onesie is trademarked. Oh. So oh, even it it's like, that is literally the article of clothing that... Yeah, what do yeah. you call it? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, random things like that. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of the beast with Etsy is you never, you, you don't have control over it. And uh, there was a campaign by Starla Moore a couple of weeks ago to keep Etsy human, mm-hmm. to try to bring back, you know, the uh, human touch to make it more of a maker's community on Etsy rather than a drop shipped. Because that's kind of what Etsy mostly <laughs> yeah, is now is you go in there, it's like over. you didn't make that your you know, getting it from China and just drop shipping it. Yeah. Yeah. There's been an increase in that. I've noticed as yeah. well, unfortunately. So that just, you know, kind of ties back into your question of why that we can't put all our eggs in that basket. Cause I don't trust it. Yeah. Was there a thought or a decision or was it just like, Hey, Etsy's here. Was it the thought of like, Hey, maybe I'm going to do a website first. Or did you go Etsy might be the better platform to like grow who we were first before we, potentially maybe look in that direction of our own personal website. Because for me, I, I'm a, a proponent of like saying, hey, everything's there for the artist to make it pretty easy to put their mm-hmm. stuff up there. The algorithms, the like marketing, all of that, that's a whole nother beast to deal with. Mm-hmm. But yes. that your stuff is up there and there's a potential of that sale is much easier than getting eyes from traffic to a website. Was that a thought or was it just, hey, we're going to go Etsy and that's how we're going to work with this at the, at the go? No, we did discuss that uh, at the beginning. We uh, did have a website, uh, I think, for about two or three weeks, maybe. Yes. And uh, just kind of talking about it back and forth, watching the stats on it and not really much happening because, you know, to get SEO and traffic and keywords and optimization okay. and all that just takes a lot of oh time gosh, and, and a couple more dollars yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so then it's like well let's just go to etsy and you know you pay the fees which i don't really think are that bad very minimal yeah mm-hmm. um so we just kind of went that route and you know haven't really looked back yet uh, michaels came out with the etsy competitor that we've been kind of eyeballing but some of their terms of use is a little sketch that they you know want kind of uh, mm-hmm. creative control over all your likeness and your stuff and everything you put up on their marketplace mm-hmm. oh. i i did not realize michael's came out with something i new. did not either um, yeah it's about two weeks ago <laughs> yeah. two or three they're, weeks they're brand new yeah okay yeah so they're they're coming after etsy <laughs> uh, that's a it's There's a, some competition it's a very big giant to yeah. Try and conquer. i don't <laughs> yes. know like I, I, there's plenty of marketplaces out there virtually to be mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. I think being out in public has kind of changed our perspective a little bit of like, oh, we're just going to be on Etsy. And I think it's been really cool to be out in the public world and get responses and like actually feedback from people and then also meet people like you guys and have conversations like this about what we're doing as a side hustle or as our full-time mm-hmm. job or as just i don't know what to do <laughs> kind yeah. Of. yeah 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 that's that's definitely been really cool about doing these live shows is seeing people's reactions to stuff um things that people pick up and go wow and 
and then things that you know you think are crap and then somebody will pick up and go i must have this i need this yeah i need this in my life and you're going really i'll be damned like one of my traumatized pumpkins found a home like last yeah. weekend i've seen some and... shit pumpkins I don't, I, I don't know if you guys saw those but i, I, I didn't did. see the pumpkins no oh, I, did you guys keep them like hidden or <laughs> tucked back I think they were out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it had already found its forever home. It maybe did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of neat. Um, I, I like, you know, with the horror stuff that people come by and kind of the more obscure uh, movies that I make the movie posters out of or that we make the figurines out of. And people go, ooh, critters. And they know <laughs> what the movie is. And it's, you know, some shitty little B-movie from back in the 80s. Yeah. And it's, you know, kind of neat to see that. And then they'll talk to you for a moment about horror movies and about this scene and about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's stuff that you don't get online is that little bit of a, a connection for a moment that's yeah. that's kind of neat. And then it gives you other ideas to go, hey, I need to find this figurine to make. Or, you know, this movie poster, like uh, last time we got... Uh, Monster Squad. Monster Squad, because mm-hmm. we were next to a booth and they had that Monster Squad poster, and I completely forgot about that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we we've been watching a couple of things on YouTube where uh, kind of like picking friends with they're like based off their TV shows and movies, mm-hmm. and it's we're like, oh, we completely forgot about that movie. Oh, we forgot about that TV show, and then mm-hmm. we we find ourselves having that conversation of like, oh, what would be our top three movies, yeah. TV shows? Um, where did you guys say your Halloween 24-7, 365. I got that right this time. Uh, <laughs> uh, where did you guys, where did the horror, like, inspiration come from? Was that childhood, growing up? Like, or was that just, like, past couple years? You're kind of like, oh, I really like horror, and let's kind of find this niche for it. I have always, like, growing up um, with my grandparents, we always well, we were allowed to watch the classics. Everything was black and white. So The Bride, Creature from the Black Lagoon, all of the the original monsters. So that is is where my like heart is for the horror genre. And he grew up with it. Like you that was your Yeah, my mom was really into horror movies and stuff, so I was watching things um you know, when I was younger like Entity um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know if you know if you've seen Nightmare, but but a lot of things as a I guess a little kid nowadays would be very questionable depending on <laughs> your views. Yeah. yeah so right. I grew up with that. You know, my mom would always go balls out for Halloween every year. Neighbors, you know, things are different because I'm 44, I think. Um, <laughs> So when I get past 30, you kind of just like, it's just not So when I was a kid, you know, you, you knew your neighbors, you'd go out, everybody'd make a little home haunt. You'd go through people's houses <laughs> and do a little thing out the garage and here's your piece of candy. Yeah. And it's, you know, all that's kind of been lost over the years. And mm-hmm. I just uh, kind of look back to that and, you know, my, my love for that time and, and everything that, you know, with my mom introducing it to to me at such a young age which always you know irritated my dad because <laughs> he said i was too young but it's uh that's kind of where it came from and just kind of stuck with me over the years mm-hmm. so lifelong love lifelong yes that's great is there experiences you guys have had at the booths where you've kind of been able to introduce and like show 
some of your favorite horror stuff to like people who might have not like oh hey this movie poster that you did have you checked out this movie or go like have you had any experiences like that so far i've had a couple things with little kids coming over um and if their parents leave them unattended, <laughs> I'll, and they'll pick up a chestburster and go, wow, this is neat. What's that? I'm like, that's Aliens. You need to go watch that movie of Sigourney Weaver. You'll love it. You'll love it. So if people leave, leave their unattended crotch fruit next to me, I will, I will corrupt them. Say, have you ever had any parents of children, you know, try and like steer their kids away from your booth? Have um, you ever had any like negative reactions? No. Not negative. We have had some interesting... I mean, there have been a, a handful of times where we've put out some explicit prints. <laughs> and oh, yeah, it's like Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and there was one kid who was like, oh, wow, a, what did he call it? It was like either... I think he called it a dragon. Yeah. And we're like... <laughs> Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, absolutely. Um, so there have been some moments where it's just like, okay, this is definitely not for kids, but you, you, you brought them. <laughs> so, but. Yeah, I haven't really had anything negative. Just you know, a few mm-hmm. when we have the caucus horses out, I, I think that's pretty much been. The only thing that some people raise an eyebrow at, but then they go to the booth next door and the lady's selling them for coat hooks, so. Mm-hmm. Yep, yes. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I do, actually, that was at the SLC Punk Show. I do the uh, ceramic person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. She was at Brighton, too. Oh, was she at Brighton, yeah. too? Yeah, okay, yeah. School. yeah. <laughs> she, she was there last I know. week. Yeah, she introduced me to them. She's like, yeah, would you like a wall peen? And I'm like, I... This is something I never knew I needed in my life, but <laughs> you, yeah, all right. Go hang her by the front door. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have. Let's let's start out this way. Is mm-hmm. we usually like to talk uh, to the makers that we have on the show about the tools that they use and three D printing. Easy, that's the main tool. But has there been a tool that you've like picked up that has made the three D printing aspect easier besides the like three D printer itself? Or maybe like you have a favorite PLA that you really love, or or other type of filament. Ooh. I was Make like the, the first thing that I thought of because I I get to clean all of the prints. Okay. I don't know if it's the delicate hands or what, but I get to clean everything. So mine have been. I think now we have three or four different types of flush cutters. Yeah. That are used like very like detailed. So I'm. That is something I've never. I never thought I'd be picky about. <laughs> right? It is, yeah. And I'm like, wow, I have apparently a new standard for flush cutters <laughs> that it's, it's a new thing. Like, this is me now. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy when you get into the different, like, art forms and different stuff, and then you pick up that tool and you go, where have you been this whole time? I, like, yeah, started I with, like, scissors or razor yeah. blades. Or, right. And then you, like, get like, them when and you get like, into the specialized. this has been a game changer yeah. for yes. everything we do now. So, same for you, Cody, or is that... Oh, I, I mean, outside of the printers, um, I guess filament-wise, because when we very first got the printers, I probably went overboard with filament because I just kind of bought a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. not knowing what would be needed, what would work. Um, so, we've had a lot of crap filament, because, you know, you, you do get what you pay for, it seems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we kind of go to eSun as kind of our go-to filament for probably 90% of the stuff. 
um, then specialty filaments, depending on what we need, mm-hmm. um, kind of varies between... Oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I can't remember their names. <laughs> we <laughs> have right. like some Polymaker. Yeah, Polymaker we makes have... good stuff. Oh my gosh. But I don't, you know, really do a lot of the cleanup. That's kind of her. So I, you know, as far as all the plates and stuff, I, I use the bamboo plates. I find that they work really well. Some people go for the aftermarket ones, but I don't have any problems with all the, the, the standard stuff. Mm. But How long of a process is your, like, kind of testing period when you, like, try to do, like, a specialty filament? So glow-in-the-dark filament's going to react differently than a standard, mm. like, just a color and mm-hmm. even colors go as far as sometimes being kind of finicky with each other and your settings might not work is there a kind of a process that you guys go through to dial that in does it take a lot of time is it <laughs> kind of like a, a couple clicks and then you're kind of fixed itself or like how, how do you guys go about that uh we set up different profiles for the different types of filaments that we have so our printer will go through run it uh, a couple lines it'll scan it with lidar check the calibration um if it's kind of still a little iffy it'll print out i think like 20 different lines and then you tell it which one looks the best oh, wow. okay. That's to cool. calibrate cool. each individual filament so with uh new models and stuff i typically you know grab a test filament which is usually just a black mm-hmm. print it out tweak the settings see how it looks watch her clean it up <laughs> um well, because if it's easy for her yeah. or if, you know, this yeah. piece is grabbing and the fingers are missing, then it's oh, like, yeah. okay, I need to make adjustments here, here, yeah. and here. It's like, we but just if, lost an arm. Yeah, <laughs> but if she can pull things up, you know, off and it's relatively mm-hmm. easy, then I know that we're good. If not, then I, I know what I need to go back and try to fix. Oh, yeah. uh, once we get the test print and the model and the sizing and everything okay, then that's when I go through and actually start to paint it in the software with the colors of what I want it to look like. And then she'll come over and look over my shoulder, and then we'll go through the process of yay or nay if she doesn't like what I've done. <laughs> Sounds like I've been 3D printing wrong like, this whole time. <laughs> oh. Well, you got to start off know. with your test prints, because when you're printing yes. in color, I mean, it can get really expensive, because as she's mentioned, each color change has to go through a purge, so it makes little tiny poops. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> the little poops weigh more than the print. Yes. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because yeah. there's so many color changes. So we're very um, conscious about that to try to make our prints affordable for people. So we don't go completely off the wall with all the color changes because the more color changes, the more expensive it is because mm-hmm. we kind of price stuff by weight. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense because a lot of your, they are painting, so they're very thin uh, layers. So mm-hmm. I guess that does make sense when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. With, have you guys, I know there's like a couple companies out there that are offering things that like will recycle the PLA. It doesn't seem like that's a feasible option because the variables in the like the PLA poop, I guess, that's going to mix up and not give you guys, it, I don't know how you guys kind of get around that uh, kind of option because I've seen the options, but I, I don't know if that's... Well, there's nothing in Utah to recycle PLA filament because that was one of the first calls uh, that I made to our, you know, re- recycling company, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, they said, no, no, don't put that in the blue bin. Yeah, um, absolutely not. There are a few companies back east that will recycle it for you, but you know, you have ten pounds of poop, and they go, you ship it to us, and then we'll take care of it, and you pay for the shipping. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And it's like, oh, 
Uh, what are you going to do with it? Well, we're going to recycle it, make new filament, and then sell it back to you. Well, then you pay for the shipping. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the only thing that I've seen, um, some people get creative with it and take the little poops of different colors and sizes and shapes and make resin uh, molds. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Put them in there like in a skull or something, pour clear resin in it, cure it, and then mm -hmm. resell the recycled. Yeah, some people will remelt it, mm. but... I mean, when you're playing with the filaments and stuff, you, you don't really know what they're putting in to color it. So, like, how healthy is it? Like, mm -hmm. I, it, it's always been like, yeah, that would be really cool to buy some silicone molds and melt it. But it's like, I, I would have to do that in my house. And I, I don't really know what, what's all in here. Like, the printers <laughs> themselves have their carbon filters and their air circulation and stuff. But there there's some things that just... I don't know. Still a little nervous. Yeah, no, I mean, and yeah. there's, I mean, safety like, concerns. It is mm -hmm. such a new technology. It is still like mm -hmm. I, what we're, I know. Three D printers are. They've had stuff similar to it in the past, and extruders mm -hmm. and things like that. But like the three D printing world is still pretty fresh and new, and we're still kind of learning all the like potentials. We don't have like statistics to say like, side effects. I know ABS is one of those yeah. things that you got to be a little bit more cautious mm -hmm. about PLAs. Not so much. Not, Not so, so much. much. It's a, a corn byproduct, from yeah. what I understand mm -hmm. on it. Technically, it's edible. Technically, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, Shouldn't but it's not it. something yeah, you maybe not. Well, it's just one of those things that the PLA by itself is fine, but then it's like, what are they putting in it to make it glow? Yeah. Right. And yeah. do you want to cook that in your oven where you cook your food yeah. to make right. a recycled whatever yeah. yeah yeah or what red number 40 dies mm -hmm. or right, right. exactly yeah so if anybody's listening and wants a bunch of poop to do this in a <laughs> toaster oven outside yeah hit us up hit we us have up. a bunch we'll, of poop we'll hook you up. yeah another idea i mean i'm like trying to like think of like could you use it for filling for something or like yeah, yeah. like what can we do with uh, the byproduct yeah because i've mm -hmm. seen a couple recycling systems where people like grind it up and make small pieces and then extrude it themselves and go through that process i've seen a couple uh companies that are making these like crazy plastic uh like uh extruders and they're taking like bottle caps and other mm -hmm. stuff but yeah. they have to test every single like bottle cap to make sure it's safe for them to put it through their mm -hmm. cooking mechanisms i've seen people use like uh griddles like panini presses yep, to yep. melt <laughs> the caps and i'm like yeah. They have respirators for the mm -hmm. most part. They're also doing it safe. And then they're putting it through these extruders and they're making like benches or they're making like a two by four that you can actually construct. So oh, that one guy made like pickleball paddles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. With 3D printing, that is always one of those concerns. It's like how much, what, what do I do with all this extra byproduct and mm -hmm. how do I create something that's not going to waste? And it sounds like you're doing the research. You just have figured it out. You found the right thing. I found to, the right solution. Because yeah. it's just not out there yet. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Then yeah. as you guys are continuing to grow, that's still a, a thing. And it's glad to hear you guys have that kind of in your thought process of how do we not make another mess of all this stuff. Yeah, we did find uh, one company that did recycle PLA, but they only wanted like little bricks or like a uh, felled. Um, prints. They okay. wanted mm. the bulky stuff, and we're like, but we have mostly poop. Yeah, we <laughs> showed up with a bunch of you know the little waste poops, yeah. and mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we don't want that. Yeah, like we. It's like, well, we tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. okay. Yeah. 
I think we are kind of running up on time here, so I want to make sure we get information on how people can find out more about what you guys are doing, what's your guys' website, what's your guys' social handles that they can find you, what Squee Prince is doing. Yeah, well, he will say I'm a terrible social media manager. He's <laughs> probably not wrong. Um, but we're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> All of the things. I try terribly to make reels and tiktoks but we are squee prints it's s-q-u-e-e prince <laughs> and we're squeeprints.com squeeprints on etsy we've yeah squeeprints.etsy.com yeah it's one of the names that nobody had so <laughs> awesome Guys, thank you so much uh, for being on the show, yeah. talking about 3D printing and all your guys' maker uh, journeys with us. If you guys are in the local area and want to see some really cool stuff, definitely go mm -hmm. online and check out their uh, paintings that they have because this right here is not doing it justice on how <laughs> cool they are uh, at all. But uh, check out their stuff. Thank you guys for watching another episode and of Always Making. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you, you for, for having, us. having us. Yeah. It's been a blast. Awesome, yeah. guys. Well, thank you guys. Comment down below. Like, subscribe. Do all the things you're supposed to do on YouTube. <laughs> all this stuff. Appreciate you guys. You guys have a good rest of your day. Bye. Yeah.